should bend and every tongue should confess in heaven and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. That's who we are, as Fulton Sheen says. Catholicism is Christ. My name is Jesse Romero, and I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? I'm Terry Barber reporting for duty, and Jess, you picked a heck of a topic today. We're basically taking the playbook of St. Maximilian Colby on how to have a battle plan to convert Freemasonry. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're going to cover today. It's going to be awesome, and it's all going to be about Our Lady and and the Sacred Heart of Jesus, our Lord. This is like, you know, Catholicism 101, so I'm excited about that. Jess, also, I just want to remind everybody um, that as they support us here at Virgin Most Powerful, I know I'm getting emails saying, Terry, you guys are getting, like, over the top. I mean, you guys are just calling these things out. And uh, is it possible that, it, that what you're doing is really right? I mean, that's the question. I said, well, we wouldn't be doing it, folks, speaking like this, if we didn't think what we have an obligation to share this information about our faith if we didn't believe in it. And Jesse, I believe, this is my take, that all of the corruption in the church today comes back from not understanding this, that the Bible is without error, because almost every modernist in the church says things like, well, that's what the Bible says, but, you know, the Bible's wrong. And, you know, years ago, we would have laughed at them, but because it hasn't been correctly taught for about 50 or 60 years on the inerrancy of Scripture, we're in a mess. And so this is opened the door for things like Freemasonry, communism, infiltration, that we just have a lot of issues. So we got to go back to the fundamentals. That's my take, Jess. It's it's very simple. Here's a very simple way to understand biblical inerrancy. I'll make it as simple as possible because that's... Yeah, do it. That's the best way to teach. Occam's razor. Simple is better. Yep. Um, God is the primary author of sacred scripture. God cannot deceive or be deceived. God cannot lie. God is perfect. God speaks truth. Since Scripture is inspired by God, which means God breathed His thoughts and His words into what the the human writers wrote in Scripture. Scripture is God-breathed. And so because God is perfect... God has preserved his message, his written message, perfectly, without error, and without any mistakes, Terry. It is the perfect inspiration of what God the Father wants to let his children know about how to get to heaven. That's it, and that's what we try to fundamentally teach. How do people get to heaven? Through his church, through the sacraments. Jesse, talking about inerrancy, we're going to get some good soul food right now to us that's inerrant, that's without error. Can we share that, brother? Yeah, I, I want to share the, the first reading to in Galatians. That's a good one. I'm going to, I'm going to tie it into I can a go. lot of things that are happening right yep. now in, in, uh, Galatians in the chapter church. Three, you bet. Yeah, that was today's first reading at the in, in, in Holy Mass today. By the way, today's the feast day of St. Bruno mm-hmm. and Blessed Marie Rose Derocher. Pray for us. First reading, Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Okay, first of all, here's the context. St. Paul has evangelized these uh, the city of Galatia. But a lot of them now are being confused by Jews that are coming into the city and are saying, well, that's okay to be a Christian, 
But if you want to be, uh, if you want to make sure that you're perfected, you have to accept the ceremonial laws of the Jews, and you've got to fulfill the Jewish rites and rituals of the Old Testament, along with Christian baptism, and uh, and this way you will be a child of God. This is called Judaizers. Mm-hmm. So they were pressuring the Galatians that they had to embrace the message of the Old Testament and all the covenants that were imperfect provisional covenants. Uh, and, and basically because they were saying that embracing the crucified Christ, uh, that was not enough. They had to embrace everything that came before him, all the uh, previous imperfect provisional covenants. So that's the context. So here it goes. So say, what does St. Paul tell them? I love this first statement. Oh, stupid Galatians. Why don't you really tell me what you think? Go ahead. Who has bewitched you? Yep. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. I want to learn only this from you. Did you receive the Spirit from the works of the law? In other words, did you receive the Holy Spirit by the 613 laws of Moses? The answer is no. Or from faith in what you heard? The answer is yes. You receive it by faith. And that's why you receive baptism once you're an adult. St. Paul says to the Galatians, Are you so stupid? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now ending with the flesh? In other words, you embrace Christ by faith, you accepted baptism, but now you're going back to the Old Testament to the works of the flesh, trying to become righteous by the 613 laws of Moses through your own effort, that's not possible. That's what he's saying here. He continues. Did you experience so many, so many, so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does then the one who supplies the spirit to you and works mighty deeds among you, Uh, Do so from works of the law or from faith in what you heard. In other words, the Galatians saw the power of Christ even through St. Paul and through miracles that he worked. And St. Paul is saying, you think that the miracles that you've seen me do, does this come from the the Old Testament ceremonial Mosaic law uh, based on 613 laws that you must fulfill perfectly? Or does this come from the Holy Spirit that I received uh, through Christ? And now that I'm living under the law of Christ, this is how I'm performing these miracles. It's because of the new law of the new covenant with a new spirit, not because of anything prior to Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying here to the Galatians. Well said, Jesse. And I'm glad you let's apply it to right now. And um, in other words, are we so much one with the world? That we become stupid when it comes to the spiritual life? I would say yes, Jeff. I'll I'll get real. I'm going to get very specific. What would St. Paul say if he was in Canada last month with Pope Francis and the indigenous Indians? Mm -hmm. What would he say if he was in Rome for the Pachamama uh, 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 worship? He would say to everybody there, Oh, stupid Roman Catholic Christians. Yep. Who has bewitched you? He, that's exactly what he would say. Very biblical. A hundred, a hundred percent is that's what he would say. Yeah. And you know what he would say? He'd say, 
you guys aren't going back to the 613 laws of Moses. You guys are breaking the first commandment. The, ha, have you not heard? Uh, I am the Lord thy God. You shall have no strange gods before me. These indigenous pagan idols are false gods and you've broken the first commandment. That's, Terry, that's exactly what he would say yeah. if he was in Rome or Canada. Oh, stupid Roman Catholic Christians, who has bewitched you? I'm done. Wow. Well, you don't need to say any more. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Full sheen ahead. And this kind of fits right in just to that reading from Galatians. Fulton Sheen says, The greatest inhumanity that we can be ascribed to men is having an opportunity for doing good to others and doing nothing. The serious sin is not always one of commission, but omission. You know, Jesse, I say that right now about myself, about you. I mean, we have been given as teachers great responsibility. And it would be a sin of omission if we just went out and golfed and, and did whatever we wanted to go see and do things and just pleasure ourselves with all kinds of distractions. When the gospel needs to be preached to every soul on the planet, and I think that this is a good message for everyone listening and saying, are we doing enough? Are we part of the problem or part of the solution? Yeah, I agree, Terry. By the way, there's a, a national men's march talking about good news. Yeah. The national men's march to abolish abortion. It comes to Boston during Respect Life Month. Awesome. Our friend Jim Havens and Father, uh, the pro-life priest, Father Stephen Ambarado. Yeah, we've had him on. Yeah, they're the ones, he's a prominent pro-life priest, they're the ones that are uh, promoting and uh, they're the ones that are the uh, the uh, prom- promoters of the National Men's March to Abolish Abortion and, and the Rally for Personhood. It'll be held in Boston on October 15th, where men, women, and children will, will gather for this pro-life demonstration, regardless of the lack of support from the Archdiocese of Boston. During the planning phase, supporters of the march reached out to the country's oldest Catholic newspaper to help get the word out. But the Boston pilot made a decision not to accept a full page advertisement. So uh, God bless uh, Jim Havens and Father Stephen Umbrado. Uh This is uh, this is something worth supporting. It's the National Men's March to Abolish Abortion. It comes to Boston during Respect for Life Month. Also, there are these billboards going around the country. It's called Catholics for Catholic. Catholics for Catholics that has a picture of uh, uh, Father Altman and uh, General Flynn. So you got the spiritual and the political. They're side by side. And both of them are saying that we Catholics have to stand up for Catholics in the spiritual realm. And we have to stand up for Catholics in the political realm. Wow. It's a, it's a good billboard. They're going around the country. They started here in Phoenix. When we come back... We're going to talk about a saint who fought Freemasons as a battle plan against today's dictatorship. Yeah, St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. You're going to want this. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. We're back to Terry and Jesse show. Yep. We've got a short little clip 
Uh, Terry, you're, tell us about this clip that we're going to listen to right well, now. Well, this is a, a clip about explaining the Knights of the Immaculata. I was actually part of that film. They came to our chapel and did some sound bites of myself because I am a Knight of the Immaculata since 1978. So I think the priest who's explaining this does a really fine job. So let's go ahead and play the clip. What is less known about St. Maximilian, uh, and yet is a key element which shapes, shapes his Mariology and his mission, is his spiritual confrontation with Freemasonry. And this historically has a, a pivotal moment when as Brother Maximilian, he's returning from his classes at the Gregorianum in Rome, and he's passing by the Piazza San Pietro, the, the St. Peter's Square, in the Vatican, and there's a demonstration going on, and the demonstration is a, of course, illicit demonstration of Freemasonry. And amidst the crowd, Saint Maximilian sees a banner which has Satan crushing the head of Saint Michael the Archangel, uh, and he's hearing shouts, repeated shouts of "Down with the Pope, down with the Church," and this has a a great influence on St. Maximilian. And this is uh, historically uh, interesting because it is in 1717, uh, as we'll discuss briefly, that Freemasonry has its formal beginning in a, in a mother lodge in London. 200 years later, in 1917, on October 16th, the to-be date of the birth of St. John Paul II, St. Maximilian starts as a brother <coughs> the Militiae Immaculate. The Militia Immaculate is the <coughs> Army of the Immaculate. Now, the Army of the Immaculate has as one of its principal goals to spiritually battle the evils of Freemasonry. And uh, I want to read to you the reference of St. Maximilian, which leads him to found the Militia Immaculate. On that day, he says... Quote, in the face of such attacks of the enemies of the Church of God, are we to remain inactive? No. Every one of us has a holy obligation to personally hurl back the assaults of this foe. Uh, he would later say, and I quote, uh, regarding Freemasonry, this mortal hatred for the Church of Jesus Christ and for his vicar was not just a prank on the part of deranged individuals, but a systematic action proceeding from the principles of Freemasonry. Destroy all religion, whatever it may be, especially the Catholic religion. And St. Maximilian will later comment that the goal of Freemasonry is not to directly confront the church in debate, but to attack the church through moral corruption. And that being a moral corruption initiated and sustained principally through mass media. Boy, he nailed it, Jess. That's Dr. Mark Merivale from yeah. Steubenville. Yeah. One of the great Mariologists of our time right oh, yeah. now. Uh, Terry, well, uh, th this article uh, complements uh, what he said. Oh, yeah. It obviously goes into more detail. Yeah. But he's quoting it. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he summarized it. Yeah. So... Uh, LifeSite News, I, I think this article was actually written by John Henry Weston himself. Yes, it was. Yeah, this is, it, this is, a, so this is the boss wrote this himself. Uh, he said, I'm going to share with you the largely unknown strategy to fight this communist dictatorship of the whole world. 
this war plan identifies and, and targets the weakest links uh, in the chain which allow for exploitation. <laughs> it is a strategy that St. Maximilian Colby saw would lead to the defeat of these same forces when he witnessed their first victory march in 1917. The tactics that I'm about to lay out here make sense, are doable, and are assured to lead to victory. So what are they? Yep, hit him. In 1917, around the time of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, and on the eve of the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, Brother Maximilian Kolbe was in Rome as a theology student at the famous Gregorian University. Now, 1917 marked the 200th anniversary of Freemasonry. And the Masons were out in force in Rome to celebrate. Their presence in the Eternal City was public and flagrant. Banners, posters, and leaflets were everywhere. The young friar with his own eyes and recorded the events in his notebooks, blasphemous processions of Masons to the Vatican, with the Masons singing songs in honor of Satan. Wow. So in case anybody has says... Oh, you guys are exaggerating when you guys say the Masons, are, the, the Freemasons are uh, are demonic. No, we're not. That's a fact. No, no. Catholic saints have told us that. That's right. So I, I'm I'm going to go by the testimony of a Catholic saint versus uh you know the four o'clock news or six o'clock news. Mm-hmm. There's Satanists. If Saint Maximilian Kolbe saw this and wrote, and wrote this down, that's good enough for me. I don't need any more evidence. And and if you don't believe there's Satanists, what else does Saint Maximilian did he see them do? Some of the Masonic banners carried the inscription, Satan will rule in the Vatican and the Pope will be his slave. Again, Masons are Satanist. So let's hear the account of Brother Maximilian himself. Here's what he said. Freemasonry in Rome appeared more and more in public and unfurled in plain view of the Vatican windows their banners depicting St. Michael the Archangel trampled and defeated by Lucifer, which is quite the opposite of what happened in heaven. It was the other way around. And they distributed these blasphemous leaflets, reviling the Holy Father at the time. (laughs) So much for a secret society, and so much for a non-religious organization of free thinkers like they like to call themselves. It was as if these enemies of the Church of Christ sensed that they were on the cusp of a great victory and allowed them the mask to slip. And in a sense, they have indeed achieved a great victory. We've just marked the anniversary of the First World War, where the flower of Europe's youth were sent to kill each other in the battlefields, and the world still has not recovered from the social effects of this war. Jesse, let me just jump in and mention, you said Brother Maximilian, and that's because he was a seminarian when all this went on. He wasn't even a Catholic priest at the time, but this really made him really focused on what he felt God called him to do as starting the Knights of the Immaculata, and we'll get into that, but continue, Jess. It says, John Henry Weston writes, at the same time, as I already mentioned, the Russian revolutionaries overthrew the Christian czar— that's like the president of Russia, murdered all his family, even the children, and installed an anti-God, anti-human, 
communist regime guilty of the deaths of millions. That's what World War I gave us. <laughs> Communism, they overthrew Christian Russia. Yep. The Catholic religion and the name of Jesus Christ was progressively, progressively removed from social life and the public square as it is today. To the point that many of us now have to beg our overlords for toleration and exemptions to even continue existing. And what can we say of those words recorded by Brother Maximilian Colby at the time? Where he, where he writes, Sat, where he saw the, the, the banners that said, Satan will rule in the Vatican and the Pope will be his slave. In other words, he was not talking about the Pope at his day and age. That was a holy Pope at that yep. time. Mm-hmm. He was talking about a future Pope, Terry. Yep, of course. A future Pope Prophetic. would be a slave of the Masons. That's what he said. Yeah. This mortal hatred of the Church of Christ and of his vicar, said St. Maximil- Maximilian Colby, proceeds from the principle of Freemasonry. What are the principles of Freemasonry? Here they are. <clears throat> Number one. The destruction of all religion, but especially the Catholic religion. All over the world, the scattered cells of this mafia strive in the most varied ways, more or less visibly, to reach the same goal. And in doing so, it makes use of a whole horde of associations with various names and purposes, which under its influence still spread religious indifference and weaken morality. Well, he's nailing it, Jesse. What are the ideals of Freemasonry? This is what the liberals and the modernists uh, have accepted here in America and even in Europe as well. Oh, yeah. The ideals of Freemasonry are the ideals of the French Revolution. Yep. What are they? Secularized liberty, number one. Number two, equality and fraternity. Number three, most important, detached from God. Okay? Yep. So liberty and equality and fraternity, but has no reference to God. Detached from God. These are now the very air that we breathe in our societies. Today, right now, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's really interesting? I'll jump in. One of the encyclicals or writings of of, uh, Pope Francis, uh, one of the group in Europe of Masons, complimented Pope Francis's writings because they so reflected the Masonic principles of, you know, kind of a, a, a you know brotherhood of mankind. He used language that they use. So I just make that point because, you know, I can, I'll give an, a, a statement. I can tell you who you are by the, who your friends are. And uh, they were really complimentary about Pope Francis's material. Okay. Oh, yeah. That, and that, yeah. that says it all. And just, can I just jump on one more yeah, thing yeah, I yeah, got to yeah. say? When all this is going on with St. Maximilian Kobe, remember I was a 20-year-old guy going into a Franciscan monastery, and when we would say our prayers, Jesse, for um, St. Maximilian Kobe, when he said, pray for those enemies of Holy Church, and then we'd say, especially the Freemasons, while I was in formation, we got a memo from Rome, which was you know, saying that the Knights of the Maculata, please do not use uh, the Knights, when you say those enemies, don't name the Masons by name, stop doing that. And I was like, what? That's ridiculous, Jess. I'm a young guy. I'm going, that raised my hand. What do you mean we're not going to say what the saint asked us, or blessed at the time, is asking us to pray for those Freemasons, the enemies of Holy Church? He said, hey, sit down, Terry. We're just going to obey on this one. We're just going to do it. 
And I guess, Jesse, that's probably why I didn't last in the monastery, because I asked too many questions. <laughs> All right, I had to say that, Jess. Well, we already know from Belladad that there was communists and masons already back in the 50s yeah. in the Roman Curia. Back That's in the a fact. 50s. Yeah. The 50s, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we've been infiltrated. This has been going on for decades. Yeah. And, and this is why St. Maximilian Kolbe started the Knights of the Immaculata. We'll get more into this. And, and also, I just think it's so uh, profound that we're going to get into the, you know, the punishment for blasphemy. We, we hear blasphemy now, and it's like, oh, yeah, no problem. But I'm telling oh, you, serious, this boy. is a very serious matter. And it needs reparation and atonement. And we're going to yeah. get into more of that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. On, we're yeah. talking about St. Maximilian Colby's, I call it his playbook, to convert Masons. Yes. <laughs> and that's a good thing to do today because we got lots of Masons inside and outside the church. Yep, that's a fact. I'm sorry to have to say that. I wish I didn't mm-hmm. have to say that. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd both be billionaires. Stay with us, family, for more of St. Maximilian Colby. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're talking about one of the biggest problems in the world right now, which yep. is Freemasonry. That's right. They've infiltrated business, the church, politics, medicine, big tech, yep. uh, pretty much anything that has any human interaction. Uh, they've, they're all, they also are part of the rich and famous. They're also very uh, tied in with Hollywood. And so this is a very real problem because these people... Do not worship the same God that we worship. In fact, Father Chad Ripperger says in his book, Deliverance Prayers from the Laity, that who they worship is Satan. Yep. So, uh, and uh, they look at revolution as a punish. Oh, this part of the article is called Revolution as Punishment for Blasphemy. Wow. In the 19th century, we were receiving divine warnings of what was coming and apparitions approved as credible by the church. Our Lord appeared to the Carmelite nun, Sister Mary of St. Peter, in 1843, and warned her that he was about to punish the world for all of the public, universal blasphemy, particularly against the name of God, against his Catholic Church, and the desecration of Sundays. Wow. All of these things have only gotten worse. You think? He revealed to Sister Mary that God was going to punish mankind for these crimes through the malice of revolutionary men. Wow. And particularly by means of communism. We don't even need to mention the heirs of Rush and Fatima here. Well, it looks, Terry, like those prophecies are being fulfilled. We're being, you got it, buddy. We're being attacked by wicked men that are communists right now in America, not, yep. just, not just overseas. No. Perhaps all of this sounded quaint 10 years ago, or as if it was referring to the 20th century. Today, at the end of 2021, it seems horribly up to date. So what's Brother Maximilian's response? Because he was a seminarian back then. That's right. So what shall we do, he says. What can we do? What did Brother Maximilian do? Colby do? Seeing this march of near triumph in the holy city of Rome, well, seeing these celebrations and process in Rome, he wrote, is it possible that our enemies must carry on their work to the point of taking over and that we remain idle 
or at the most, just pray without taking any action. Do we not have weapons more powerful than theirs? The protection of heaven and the Immaculate Virgin? The Immaculate and Undefeated Queen who fights off every heresy will not give the field over to the enemy that is raising its head again. If she finds servants who are faithful and docile to her orders, she will win new victories greater than we would imagine. The idea occurred to me, Brother Maximilian wrote, to found an association to fight against Freemasonry and the other servants of Lucifer. What this association, what is its essence? Mm -hmm. He called it the Militia Immaculata, the Knights of the Immaculata in English. And this is its program. Terry, you should read it since you're I love it. Yeah, I'm a knight since 78. To conquer the entire world as quickly as possible. I like that urgency. And every soul that is living now or will exist until the end of the world for the Immaculata and through her and for the sacred heart of Jesus. That's what we would pray in our consecration every day for the nights. And I love St. Maximilian Kolbe's zeal. I believe, Jesse, a lot of my zeal came mm. from St. Maximilian Kolbe uh, yeah, and Fulton Sheen. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the two. Those two. Yeah, there are various facets to the organization, some of them active and others more spiritual, but at the heart is the total consecration to the Immaculate Virgin and prayers for the Freemasons. Mm. And this is what really blew me away again, Jesse, that they even infiltrated our own organization to say, stop talking about, or whoever from Rome said, stop making that comment about praying for the Freemasons. <laughs> Dude, this is what we were founded for. That's what I had said when I was a young 20-year-old pup in the monastery. I said, that makes no sense to me. But as we say, we all know that we have a Christian duty. You know, it's a biblical duty to love and pray for our enemies. That's biblical. Our Lord Jesus Christ teaches us, right, love your enemies, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that persecute and collate you. Jesse, my, my, uh, ch- I'm still r- struggling trying to breathe right now, so why don't you continue on this? I'm, having, I'm struggling. St. Paul takes up the same <laughs> teaching in Romans 12. He says, Do not render evil for evil, if it be possible as much as, as is in you. Yeah. Have peace with all men. Revenge not yourselves, my dearly beloved, but give place unto but give place unto wrath, for it is written, Revenge is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. But if the enemy be hungry, give him to eat. If he thirst, give him to drink. Romans twelve. Close quote. So should we be pacifists and wait for this revolution to destroy us? Well, Saint Paul immediately tells us that by his love, by this love and by extension, prayers for our enemies, through this, quote, Thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Mm-hmm. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Amen. Close quote. Sister Marie of St. Peter saw in the, it in the same way. Speaking of prayers of reparation to the Holy Face, which our Lord revealed to her, she wrote, I proceed to enter the battlefield, fortified with the cross and the other instruments of our Lord's torture as my weapons of war. Leveling their infinite power, their infinite conquering power against the military entrenchments of the enemy in the way he taught me. And dear brother Maximilian Colby has has the same idea. The enemies of God are conquered and destroyed, not through violence, but through grace and by being converted. 
they are changed into fellow servants and children of God through the grace of Christ and the power of the Immaculate Virgin who crushes the serpent's head and destroys all heresies and error. And of course, he's referring to Genesis 3.15. And also, Jess, in the article didn't point it out, but when asked what is the heart of of the Knights of the Immaculata, uh, Father Colby said it's reparation before our Eucharistic king. Because Mm. in every monastery, he had a thousand men in Poland, they all were making holy hours before our Lord, and they had perpetual adoration. That was part of the charism of mm. the order. So reparation, so that can apply to us here, us hoi polloi guys, you know, that we yeah. can be making reparation for these sacrileges that are going on. Continue, That's Jim. right. So now he talks about, John Henry West talks <laughs> about their success is not guaranteed. He writes, here's the reality of things. We're in the midst of a global revolution progressing a, a pace yep. with apparently little standing in its way. Many attribute this to the dark powers of hell and are sure that, the, that those imposing this revolution are following and are assisted by demons. Amen. Yeah, yeah 100%. Of but even if this is true, and it certainly looks like it, oh, yeah. for all sorts of reasons, the people actually imposing it are human beings, flesh and blood, like you and me. A revolution certainly only needs a small number of very dedicated men. And perhaps we would concede that those men are almost irredeemable, although nothing is impossible to God. But the imposition of this revolution also requires a a large number of men who are less dedicated. These people need to be kept in line by their wicked masters, whether by threats or promises, but they are the moving parts, and they have families, friends, and memories of how life was. It's not just possible, it, it is just not possible for the forces of evil to have complete assurance that these men whom they do not own, like they might own others, will continue to cooperate in this insane, ugly, anti-human and anti-Christ revolution. Jesse, this next statement, you've said it so many times about demons. Go ahead. Demons don't change their minds. That's a fact. Humans do. That's right. Humans have a breaking point at which they say, enough. Yep. And with the power of grace obtained through our prayer and action... They could change their mind. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link as more and more people suffer from the effects of these vaccines, for example, these lockdowns, this emerging apartheid, as more and more people realize that they're always just one booster away from being counted as unclean (laughs) and unvaccinated. As the families of the enforcers begin to suffer and become divided themselves, as they find themselves arresting, fining, imprisoning, injecting, or even killing other people just like them, the breaking point comes closer and closer. Can we really say that the powers of evil are in control of these things? No, we cannot. Their success is not guaranteed. And indeed, we do not even need to despair of the most villainous characters in this terrible play. For example, who would have thought that the brutal Saul of Tarsus would become St. Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles? Mm-hmm. God may do stranger things yet. Yeah. Each breath they take, each beat of their wicked hearts, these things are only possible because Almighty God allows them and sustains these wicked men in being. Oh, yeah, they think they're so powerful, but they only continue to exist for the greater glory of God and because He wills it. They too are humans, hardened to grace, definitely 
But let's not. But let's just say their immunity to grace is about as safe and effective as their so-called vaccine. <laughs> that's a good way of saying it. Uh, so that's just, why we got to become prayer warriors, amen, Terry. Amen, brother. Let's talk about prayer. How can we? We must pray, Jess. Go ahead. We're we're coming to the end of a 54-day, 15-decade rosary novena, <laughs> mm-hmm. and while we we have surely received many graces, our prayer must continue. We must continue to pray our rosaries to the end of this tyranny and the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. Uh, St. Padre Pio says, give me my weapon. I love it. We've seen that our Lord wants us to make reparation for the blasphemies offered to him, for which this communist tyranny is a punishment. Our Lord, our Lord told Sister Marie that reparation of the Holy Face would defeat the communist and revolution. Let's, let us take up this spirit. Amen. Let us pray with Brother Maximilian for those who do not have recourse to Our Lady, like the Protestants and non-believers and yep. Jews and Muslims. Sure. He said, especially the Freemasons. That's the prayer that you used to pray, Terry, in the monastery. I still say it, but I, I never changed, Jesse. They said, don't name the Masons. Well, I didn't, it made no sense to me. Continue, please. And so we can add to that the wicked architects of this revolution to your prayer, add the Freemasons. Right. And we must also pray, pray also that Satan does not rule in the Vatican, and pray that we have a Pope who will not be his slave. We'll continue in the next segment, Terry. Stay with us, family. This is all about St. Maximian Colby's Knights of the Immaculata, how to bring all souls to Mary through uh, through the Blessed Mother to Jesus. That's what the Knights of the Immaculata is all about, And, and and stopping the Freemasons promoting the uh, secularism. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Let's pray with St. Maximilian for those who do not have recourse to Our Lady. There's a lot of people that aren't Catholics. Yeah. They don't know about the powerful intercession of Our Lady. And let's pray especially for the Freemasons. We shouldn't curse them. We should pray for their conversion. And we must also pray that Satan does not rule in the Vatican and that we have a Pope who will not be his slave. I want to end, John Henry Esten writes, with the words of, by then a priest, Father Maximilian Colby, who gives us the authentic image of a Knight of the Immaculate. Terry, you want to finish up? Well, I just want to, I want you to finish it. I just want to mention again, Jesse, people are texting me, well, is it legitimate to be a Freemason and a Catholic? No, that hasn't changed. The Sacred Dog Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith last documented November 26, 1983 with the new code of canon law states that the church's negative judgment regarding Masonic associations remains unchanged since their principles have always been considered irreconcilable with the doctrine of the Catholic Church. Therefore, are you ready, folks? Membership in them remains forbidden. I don't care if you're a cardinal or a bishop. The faithful who belong to the Masonic associations are in the state of grave sin. Basically, grave sin is mortal sin and cannot have access to Holy Communion. Jesse, I didn't make this up. That's what they said. That's what the Holy Mother of the Church has said. I just wanted to clarify that because uh, St. Maximilian Kobe now gives, yes, our big, what can we do? But you go ahead, Jess. My voice is still fading on me. Yeah. Uh, St. Maximilian Kobe says this. He does not narrowly confine his heart to himself nor to his family, to, uh, to his close relations, friends, and countrymen. But he takes the whole world into it, each and every person, 
because all without exception have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. All of them are our brethren. He wishes all true happiness, enlightenment through the light of faith, cleansing from sins, and a heart burning with love for God, an unbounded love, the happiness of all mankind in God through the Immaculata, that is his dream. There are all sorts of actions that we can take to protect our families, our children, our nations, and the church in these dark times. But without Christ, we can do nothing. We must start with him, making reparation for the blasphemies of mankind, and praying that he convert the hearts of the wicked men who have allowed themselves to be the slaves of Satan. In the end, our lady's immaculate heart will triumph. She will crush the head of the serpent. And all those who make up this anti-church... <laughs> Not, so he's, he used the term anti-church. Yep. John Paul II used the term anti-church. Fulton Sheen he used, used the church anti-church. Yep. This, this anti-church is a Masonic church is That's what right. it is. That's right. Yeah. They have already lost and we have already won. The supreme act of love and what may help us the most is to save these wicked men from their faiths by our prayer. I'll tell you, Terry, um, hit me, hit me, hit I'll tell you somebody who's... Uh, a high information on this topic is our friend Father Charles Theodore Murr. Oh yeah, absolutely. He just he just wrote a book. It's called Murder in the Thirty Third Degree: the 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 Gagnon Investigation into Vatican Freemasonry. Yes. It's a it's a book for anybody who's interested or anybody that doubts the infiltration of Masons into the Church. That's right. You need to get the book we Murder. Have. In the thirty-third degree, the Gagnon investigation into the Vatican by Father Charles Theodore Murr. And you can get it on our website. I'm holding the book in my hands. Yeah. Uh, you can get it by going to vmpr.org or call us at eight seven seven five two six two one five one. This is serious matter, and that's why we want everybody praying. What he just said about reparation and atonement it fits right in with Our Lady's Fat Fatima message. You know, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray. And this is why everyone listening, I don't care if it's your grandson who's three years old, you can teach him how to make reparation for the salvation of souls. These are difficult times we're living in, and we really need to step up to the plate with full contact Catholicism. That's right. The first, uh, the, Mason, the Freemasons were founded in 1717 by Protestants over in London. Yep. And... Uh, the popes pretty much immediately started speaking out against it. The first pope was Pope Clement XII in 1738. That's right. He banned Catholics from joining the Freemasons. So this was this was not even 15 years after they started. Didn't wait very long, did it? And the and the church knew enough about the secret society. The church says, uh-uh, uh, no Catholic can join the Freemasons. And I, I believe that the last pope that spoke about the fact that you cannot be part of the Freemasons. It was actually Cardinal Ratzinger who became Pope Benedict XVI in yeah. 1983. Right. When he was the head of the CDF. That's right. November he wrote 6, the following, mm-hmm. quote, this is a 1983. This yep. is the last statement that was made from the Roman Curia. It says, the faithful who enroll in Masonic associations are in a state of grave sin yep. and may not receive Holy Communion. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'm looking at a few articles here. I mean, I know Terry mentioned the one yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's called Italian Bishop Attends Inauguration Ceremony Can you imagine? For, a new, for New Masonic Temple. The Masonic Grand Master expressed typical 
anti-clerical sentiments yep. at the event yep. and attacked what he called the domination of the church in Italy. So the Masons, yeah, right in, our in, in the presence of a Catholic bishop, in an Italian Catholic bishop, insulted the Catholic Church at one of their inaugurations. I'm looking at another article here. It says, Vatican cleric claims Catholics can be Freemasons. Yeah, these guys should be booted out. Here's another one. Vatican cleric is recruiting Freemasons in the Roman Curia. Yeah, see, just can you imagine what St. Maximilian Kolbe would say if he was alive today and he heard this kind of baloney? No, he'd say, get him out. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, why what, what's really wrong with them tell me is that we believe in salvation through christ they don't no okay uh that's that's i mean the fundamental problem with freemasonry is uh they believe in religious indifferentism yeah, we call it um we call it syncretism one is good yes. as the other yes or yeah both syncretism or indifferentism yeah. and so as a result of this the freemasons worship and bow down to something called the grand architect of the universe. That- By the way, our Lord Jesus Christ, or nor, nor God in the Old Testament, nor the Holy Spirit, none of them, this is not a biblical title, the grand architect of the universe. So, what is the grand architect of the universe? <laughs> Father Ripperger says that he's had several possessed people that were possessed through Freemasonic curses. Mm. He says that when they reach the highest level of Freemasonry, when they reach the 32nd and 33rd degree, then it's by then they're they're knee deep in Freemasonry, family ties, business ties, uh, you know, even your, your, your social contacts. Everything's Freemasonic by that point. Uh, Father Riviger says that uh, at that point, uh, he says it's revealed to them. That the great, the great, the grand architect of the universe is Lucifer. Amen. But by that time, too late. It's it's just like I mean they've invested twenty years of their life. Yep. Their entire world revolves around Freemasonic contacts. At this point, they, they they'll tell them, "We'll destroy your business. We'll destroy your wife's friends, your kids' friends. We'll destroy your reputation. We'll destroy all your social contacts." If you dare leave the Freemasons and if you stop worshiping Lucifer. And so at that point, as they say, they're all they're all in. Yeah, Jesse, you nailed it. And, and this is why we're bringing this up, because it's serious a matter right now. And we see crazy things going on in the church, the Pachamama, you know, all these different things. And, and again, who is so happy about it right now? The Masons. And, you know, Jess, I got to make one more thing. And I'm a, I, I recycle my plastic bottles. Can you imagine the Freemasons? You think they're into the worship of the world, of the earth? I bet Absolutely. they are. And yeah. so when they see us putting this exaggerated emphasis on the worship of man and the worship of the earth, they're like, hey, they're playing right into our playbook. That's right. Uh, yeah, Terry. And, and I'll tell you, um, w- one of the things that the Freemasons were also, and this would be for another topic. Yeah. The Freemasons were also part of the uh, the suppression of the Latin Mass back in the 60s. And also, uh, Archbishop Annibal Bonini oh, yeah. was a Freemason, and he wanted to make the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass 
remove all the sacrificial aspects and make it more horizontal and less vertical. Uh, And that was something that the Masons were pushing him to do. And if you want to get more on that, we do have a three-hour download of of, of Abbot Boniface Lucchi, who was one of the fathers of Vatican II before, during, and after. He was friends with Bunini, but... During the council, they split because of that very issue. And if you want to get a recording of that, uh, yeah, you just call us at 877-526-2151 because this is, um, this is the facts. I'm not talking about someone like myself who wasn't there. We're talking about an eyewitness who witnessed the effect of Freemasonry inside the church. Yeah. Yeah. And Terry, also, Our Lady of Good Success, I'm almost, I'm almost positive, she warned us about 40 or 50 years about Freemasonry before they even started. <laughs> right. Freemasonry started in 1717. She warned us about a secret society called the Freemasons yep. 50 years before in an approved apparition, Our Lady of Good Success, in Quito, Ecuador, to a Catholic nun, Sister Mariana Torres. She warned about this wicked secret society that would, that would emerge and that would infiltrate the church. And talk about a prophecy... They weren't even around yet. This was 50 years before they were started. Uh, now you know why Our Lady of Good Success is one of those approved Marian apparitions. Oh, yeah, very prophetic. And our, our, our own Matthew Arnold is an expert on that topic. Yes, he is. And if people want to hear more, I'm sure Matt's been talking a lot on that. Um, Jesse, just to wrap it up, <clears throat> the plan from St. Maximian Colby, it's a spiritual plan. It's really a call to holiness. Yeah, that's that really what it is, is Terry. We, 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 it's just what we say at the end of every show. <clears throat> it's holiness. What else is there? Nothing. Nope. Nothing, Terry. Got it. Just wrap it up, brother. Yeah. Well, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ wants all of us to live in a state of grace, to walk in the obedience of faith, to fight the good fight of faith, and to walk in the light of the Holy Spirit. Pray your rosaries every single day. Read your Bible every day. Go to confession at least once a month. Maintain that integrity with God. And make sure that you are evangelizing. If you don't evangelize, you will fossilize. Exactly. Terry. Well said, Jess. And we keep thinking, talking about Fatima, the message of Fatima. You know, our lady talked about this next war. What can we do? We can pray our peace plan with the rosary. We can make reparation for these blasphemies that are going on inside and outside the church. Oh, yeah. So let's do it because she said souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Right from your home, you can do this, folks. All right. Thanks again for embracing the full contact Catholicism. God bless you.